I am reading right now, I'm reading the, oh God, what am I reading? <laughs> You've read so many books that you just don't know what it's just... called anymore. And welcome to the Book Jar Podcast. My name is Marissa, and I'm here with my best friend, Megan, where we're going to be talking about book-related news and topics, and we do this on a bi-weekly basis. How are you today, Megan? I'm swell. How swell? Are, yeah, how are That's you? That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm good. I was going to go with good, and now I feel like it's inadequate to your swell. Yeah, you need another synonym of good. Fantabulistic. That's that's good. That's better. Yeah, that's okay. better. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feeling feeling fabulous. I can't say it twice. <laughs> no, you just need to say it once. <laughs> once. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get into it because I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, how has your reading been going? Oh, my reading. Let me just pull it up here on the old story graph. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Situation. Um, I did read. Oh, I finished Dracula. Oh, I finished that. I actually, I'm sounding surprised. Like, I didn't stalk you on StoryGraph. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure you knew that. Yeah. Um, To be honest, I really liked it on audiobook. And, like, you said that it kind of, like, got a little bit... Like, it wasn't as, like, interesting after, like, a certain part in the novel. Yeah. But to me, I think with the audiobook, it actually, like, kept the kept, pace. Yeah. And, like... I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, I'm interested in, like, where all these characters are going and stuff. His voices, like, yeah. really helped that. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. So I definitely feel like I got more out of it than you did with the audiobook version yeah. of it. And I think I ended up giving it four stars, which, I mean, not bad for, like, a yeah cl- classic-type novel for me. And, yeah, I'm glad I finished it, and I'm glad I never have to read it again. Yeah. Because it... It's red. It's red, and it's done, and I'm happy about it. All right. So I read that, and then I also finished. It's a little short story anthology. Yes. Called the I whole think you were animal. talking about this last time. Yep, because I think I started it, but yeah, I finished it, and it was interesting. It was some of them I didn't like, which I think mm. you know can happen when you're reading like an anthology of yeah stuff, and then some of them were like super relatable and like interesting i guess like my thing with it is like i don't know you always want like a satisfying like conclusion whether it's like good or bad yeah and, and some i feel of them like didn't have that some of them didn't have it it was just kind of like very open yeah open-ended like could go anywhere like wasn't didn't really feel like there was like like a goal reached or anything like that and it mm-hmm. was like but i think that's like what made it like all the stories kind of had that theme like they were just like super like human and realistic and like like relatable and just like you know like this is just your mundane story like this is how it would happen in real life like yeah it's not, it's not some... over dramatized or yeah, anything like that exactly yeah. so i think i gave that one also a four star reading um because it was still good like it was a really great writing really descriptive writing yeah um and i feel like this author like she's written other things like poems and i think she's been in like magazines all that kind of stuff but i'm really interested to see like her name's karina chong like what she can do mm-hmm. in the future because i think she's definitely a great writer that's fantastic yeah 
what about you? You've told me a little bit um, about what you've been reading, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, so I read eight books. Just a small amount. Yeah, just a just normal a amount. Normal amount of books to read in, what, two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Eight books, two weeks. I'm actually, like, I'm kind of surprised it was only eight because I was going at such a pace for a little bit that I was like, it's going to be like 14. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed, to be honest, with not not in myself, but like just disappointed that I couldn't come in here and be like, I read 14 books because I would have loved to see your face. Yeah, but, yeah, would uh, have been eight, impressive. Because eight made you like, that, well, yeah. you laughed really hard when I said eight. So <laughs> uh, before we started here. So one of them kind of, uh, I want to talk about two things kind of in depth and then I'm going to I'm going to fly through a couple of them. But uh I do kind of want to talk deeply about a, a couple as well. So I know Leviathan Wakes, I was like eight pages away. Yes. But I am counting that as a read because like I didn't count it last time. Um, So I did finish that one. I talked about it a lot in the last podcast, so I don't really want to go back into it other than the fact like it wasn't my favorite thing, but I am glad to now have it off my shelf kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be super proud of me. So I <laughs> DNF'd. <gasps> you DNF'd a book? I DNF'd a book. And I, as much as I love not DNFing a book and giving it a full chance, I am really happy I did. So I DNF'd Mansfield Park <gasps> by Jane Austen. What? <laughs> that is a tragedy. Just <laughs> so much shock and awe. No, so the reason I DNF'd it is because I, I really don't think, and I love Jane Austen, but I really don't think this book is worth my time. Yeah. And that was a hard decision to come to in, in my head. I just don't DNF books, not because of the reasoning, but like, I just don't. But as soon as, as soon as I had that thought of like, I don't think this is worth the time I would have to give it. And I don't want to talk about this book in a like positive way right now. I just, I was like DNF. Yeah. And um, the reason I, I think you'd be proud is not to do with why I DNF'd it, but just that I DNF'd a book. Yeah. I don't do that very often. And I am a little bit proud that I could just put one down. And it felt good because mm-hmm. I s- then slammed through seven other books. So yeah. I feel like I need to let myself do that more often. I have put it back on my shelf upstairs. Well, and I think that's fair. Like, it's not... Like, you're allowed to DNF books for whatever reason that you want. Yeah. And if it's not, like, filling your cup in that moment, then, like, yeah. don't, not, like, torture yourself. But it is kind of like a little mini torture of, like, I'm trying to get through it no matter what. Trying to get through it and no matter what. And it's, like, it's okay to put it, yeah, back on your maybe later yeah. shelf. So it is, like, a maybe later yeah. DNF. But I also, I don't think I'm going to be upset if I never read it. Mm-hmm. Um. I also like I usually I'm more into Jane Austen books right off the get go because I just know they're going to have like a good payout later and I just wasn't feeling it with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, maybe later, maybe not. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. And also just like the incestuous thing, like that's going to be hard because you really like Jane Austen because of like the slow burn romance. and like, Yeah. And so it's just like super moments. uncomfy. Yeah. Like every time she met with her cousin and I was like, I know this is the romance and I hate mm-hmm. that I know it. Yeah. And so it's just kind of a miss for me. Yeah. Uh, so then I read The Tenet of Wildfell Hall by Anne Bronte, which is so funny because it was so good. And it was such a, it was the Slovern romance. It was fantastic. It had the like, almost like the, the idea, like it was, it was a very tortured love story. Couldn't be together for a reason like that she wouldn't explain until the end. And, and it was so fantastic. And you get a 
perspective from a from actually like a male protagonist in the beginning which was really unexpected and he's writing letters to a friend which i normally don't love that format i've talked about it before it's Mm -hmm. usually it's just harder for me to get into but i actually really loved how it was handled eventually and then you go into like her personal journal that she like gives him and he just takes out like passages and he's like because he's telling the story to his friend and he's like you know all this stuff and i i really i really loved it Mm -hmm. and so and you know like i I don't know why I put off reading the Bronte sister. Well, I do because it's it's a little bit slower of a read for me because there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, out of date words and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just like, like, you know what? I'm going to go through it. And I really should just read Bronte sisters a little bit more easily because I always end up loving them. Well, and if you keep reading them, then they're just going to get easier to read. And yeah, you're it's just true. Gonna, like true. once you're in that mode, you'll just fly through them probably yeah and then i read um a couple romance novels that were really fast reads mm-hmm. um so i have devil in winter uh so this <laughs> i don't want to talk about it that much <laughs> <laughs> i i literally went looking for it because i was like i need another like historical romance kind of vibe and i love you know i love well actually i don't know if i've talked about this much but i was i was in a fake dating vibe so i watched um to all the boys i've loved before on netflix oh, yes love that movie it was actually quite cute and yeah. then i was like i want more of this and then i found marriage of inconvenience and i just looked up marriage of inconvenience historical romance and this one came up as like a really good one uh it was fun it was a 2.75 <laughs> read so like take yeah. from that what you will like i had fun but like there was a lot of problems with it mm-hmm. um and then i read the kiss quotient quotient which is by um helen huang and so she this is really the most interesting part about this is it focuses on a woman with autism Hmm. and she is um trying to figure out it's very romance so she's trying to figure out why this is not safe for work content about to come out so she's trying to figure out why sex never feels good and she doesn't like having sex so she hires an escort to teach her and Mm. it's about them falling in love interesting and I love that because it's the fake dating trope. I told you I went on I went on a little spree into the fake j- dating world. Yeah. And had a lot of fun with it. I, I don't think it was particularly beautifully written, but I did love that. And I, I just feel like I haven't seen a lot of like people with autism being the main character. Yeah. The, there's not a lot of representation out there that I've and, or no good representation. Yeah. Right? And so my question at the end of the book was like, ooh, like I'm I'm a I don't have autism. So like, I don't know how well represented this is. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm really like hoping that this is not like a bad representation. Um, But and then I was reading about the author and I got a little nervous because it was like, oh, you know, they at one point thought my daughter had autism. And I was like, oh, I hope you didn't just do a whole bunch of research. Like, I really hope it wasn't like that because then I feel like maybe this wasn't as good of a read. And then she was like, yeah, I was doing research into autism. And I was like, wow, this sounds familiar. And she realized that she actually has autism. Oh, so yeah, she had a late diagnosis in life. She was like well into her adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so she decided to write this book because she wanted a version, a reversed, gender reversed, pretty woman. Mm -hmm. Um, But she wanted to see herself represented in the main character. So she created a, and I actually really love that. I think the, the story itself had problems, especially with like the pacing was kind of off. And um, it was a lot of um, telling instead of showing, you know, Mm -hmm. all my regular kind of things that I don't like about books. But I thought the characters were so interesting because I think 
it was so different from what I expect. So, yeah, yeah. that makes me want to read it based on that. Yeah, like, the spice is a little high. Is, oh, it's a it's a well, top like, tier. It's spice. not top tier. It's not top <laughs> tier. It's not. We're not crossing into the erotica mm-hmm. level, but I'd say like in terms of you know, it's like if we're on a five scale, we're like five is like crossing into erotica because that's a different genre but like it's gonna be like the three four ish like there was a lot of sex scenes but i do think a lot of them did progress the story so they weren't like just in there and then there was like obviously one or two that were like hmm okay did you need that did we need this (laughs) not sure um then we have the spanish love deception which is by Elena Armas. That one sounds familiar. Yeah, so this is actually like a pretty popular one right mm-hmm. now. Again, a little bit higher on the spice level, not as high, I wouldn't say. Like there wasn't as many sex scenes as Kiss Quotient, but they were like the same level when they were there. Yeah. Yeah, like as descriptive, <clears throat> if you know what I mean. And so, <laughs> but this one actually gave a 4.25. I oh. thought it was really fun. Again, fake dating. Yeah. I love, I, I, it's fun. It's a fun read. <laughs> Uh, the concept is she needs a date to her sister's wedding mm-hmm. and she can't find anyone. And then the guy in her office who she's always thought hated her uh, offers to go. And she unfortunately just like runs out of she's told her family she has a boyfriend. They're getting suspicious that he's not real. And that would be really embarrassing to admit mm-hmm. that you made up a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't come to the wedding when she said he's come, like they're all going to think that she made him up. And so she eventually ends up like saying to her mom, oh, it's this guy. And she says his name. And then she's like, why did I do that? Because now I like I have to take him. And then he kind of in turn says, hey, I need a date to like this other event. And that's kind of why I'm doing it is like if you come to me with me to this event, I will fly to Spain with you mm-hmm. for your sister's wedding, where your ex is going to be. <laughs> and it was very fun. It was yeah. very fun. I thought the characters were really cute. I thought they were like really great. I thought she was like a lot of fun to read from the perspective of. I do think there was like a little bit too much of the like, she was like, oh, he doesn't like me. And it was like very obvious. <laughs> it was like, I don't know how at this point you can even like remotely deny that this man yeah. is in love with you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the flying to Spain was already, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, super fun. I do think it could have ended sooner. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of one of those things, again, and I know you said this with, like, um, Soul Feud. It was, like, yeah. they it got to this point, and then they were, like, still trying to resolve the end of it. And I was, like, that could have been just resolved a lot faster for me. Yeah. It didn't need to be a whole big thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Have you watched the movie, and I can't think of the title right now, but has Emma Roberts in it? And she, let me look it up. Basically, it's like that whole fake dating thing. And like her and this guy are just each other's dates for like different family events, like different like holidays and stuff. For oh, like a no, whole but I year. saw it because I, I looked up movies too because I was trying to find movies to watch. And I think it's like, it's like the date. Holiday. Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. That one, like, I always watch that every like Christmas. Yeah. Because it's just like a feel good movie and it's so cute it's like that whole like okay like you can tell they like each other but they're both denying it because they like you know they i don't know they just don't want it to be something serious even though because they think the other one doesn't want something serious Mm -hmm. anyways super cute i also love a fake dating moment yeah 
I know you do. So <laughs> I, I would highly recommend the Kiss Quotient for like a different read. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think it was as good as the Spanish Love Deception, just like on a overall quality level. But I had a lot of fun with both. Yeah. So um, Devil in Winter it really was just the kickoff for me to read a lot more of it. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of problems with the plot. Uh, then I read Radiance. Which is a really interesting book. I haven't rated it yet because I like I can't think of how to like quantify how much I liked it and also like the problems with it yet. Um, so this is by Grace Draven and it is and I'm gonna butcher a whole bunch of names because it's 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 high fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it is not real world. It is essentially about two like a marriage, like a political marriage between two different um races in the book. And one is like a human, like a version of a human race. And the other is essentially like these night beings that have like, I'm going to say sharp teeth and then you're going to think vampire, but it's not vampire. (laughs) And they have like really weird eyes and like all this stuff. And they're like, so like it's it's marriage of convenience kind of-esque. It's more like arranged marriage. And they meet before their wedding and they don't know that like they are who they are. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of get them interacting and it's really funny first interaction where they just call each other super ugly (laughs) and, but they're like joking. Like, it's not mean. It's literally like, oh, you must think I'm so like, cause you're like, I'm not beautiful in your society. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, no, you like, you're ugly as, as, as anything. Like you kind of suck. Like, yeah, but they're like laughing about it and it's like, oh, all this stuff. And then they meet at the wedding and they're like, oh my God, it's you. And so it's just them just like becoming best friends. And I'm a big fan of the enemies to lovers thing, yeah. but the best friends to lovers is also just like Oh, that's cute. Really cute. It was yeah. very different. Uh I the the writing was off in sections and the pacing was really off, but I did like that it was like a lot of fun and the goal seemed to be like to more have it like a fun romance so it didn't take itself like so seriously that it couldn't have fun i think it went a little bit too far in that route sometimes but it was it was quite it was quite a fun read I'll yeah say that. yeah that sounds fun what did you rate it sorry i haven't rated it yet oh i think it's gonna be like maybe high threes is what i'm thinking maybe a four um i'm kind of trying to decide how much <laughs> the drawbacks like actually yeah. got in the way um for my like post reading rating though like five like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was really fun after i finished it i mm-hmm. was like that was great oh is it a series yes are you gonna finish it i don't know because like i think it's about other people in oh. that world is what i'm assuming it's not the same couple or whatever yeah i don't i don't know okay. yeah so i don't i didn't feel the need to continue the series yeah that's fair but i did feel like i had fun with this one yeah yeah well that's good and then I read, and um, you'll appreciate this. So these were two that I've gotten from my book boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have City of Nightmare by Rebecca Schaefer. Um, so this one's interesting. Uh, so it's about a world in which uh, if you <laughs> fall asleep and you dream, you have a nightmare and you become the thing of your nightmare. Interesting. So it starts with our main character whose sister went to sleep one night and... I guess she was afraid of giant spiders and she became a giant spider and ate her father. That's my worst nightmare. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> you have a lot of um. what was really like the concept was super cool. Mm-hmm. The writing was less awesome. Mm-hmm. So the writing 
I felt like was very first novel kind of feel. Very good idea, not so great execution. But in the way that I would have, I, I will still be wanting to read the next one. Okay. Like it was good enough that I like, I feel like Rebecca Schaefer is going to grow as a writer mm-hmm. and I want to be there for the growth because I think the ideas are so fantastic that as she grows into like her writing style, I think it's only going to get better. Yeah. Um. So I really did enjoy that one. I'm I'm going to give it, Um. I don't have it written down here, but I, I want to give it like a 3.5-ish. It like not because I don't think people should read it, but because it's just not at the quality I think it could have been at. Yeah. Um. And then I have Shanghai Immortal. So this is the last one. Last one on the list. <laughs> so this is A Y uh, Chow, and uh, this is about. And this is like a- another really weird concept. Um, it is a half vampire, half god, essentially, um, who has been sold to the king of hell. Mm. Um, by her mother in exchange for essentially like jewelry, <laughs> and she she's real mad at a lot of people. Yeah. She she's got like a big chip on her shoulder. I support her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's supposed mm-hmm. to ascend into like the imperial court, and she doesn't want to take the seat, and her grandmother doesn't want her to take the seat because her grandmother hates her, and. The king of hell really wants her to take a seat and she's like, you're using me. And then he's like, hey, go pick up this package. And it's a person who is helping the king of hell set up a banking system. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so it's all based off of like Chinese mythology or Chinese inspired mythology. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of things I believe um, if I'm remembering the footnote correctly, is like made up, but it's like kind of inspired by yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. It was a, the reverse of also like the ancient immortal guy falls in love with the young girl. Like, like so she is like almost 100 years old and like this 30-year-old guy shows up and you're like, ooh, oh. you guys seem to have eyes for each other. And she's just a complete dick to him. Like it's, <laughs> it's really great. I actually like... Um, I know like Alex was over the other day and I just like gave it to her. I was like, you need to read this. Mm-hmm. It is like so much fun. It was so good. It was really well written. Um, yeah. So four and a half stars for me. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Interesting concept. Sometimes those smorgasbords of ideas just yeah, come and together. I, I feel like I like those more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been talking for like almost a half hour about the books I read. So maybe we could move on to our topic. That's what <laughs> happens when you read eight books. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't read 14 now. It would have been. Yeah, it would have been the whole podcast, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so our topic today, starting halfway through our podcast. <laughs> uh, so this was given us to uh, given to us rather by Alloy on our Discord server. Again, mm-hmm. you can join our Discord server link in the description of this podcast. Uh, and this is a genre or subgenre you're surprised is popular and one you wish you got more attention. Yeah. So, well, I'm just going to start with like Alloy had like an example of like historical romance. And you were like, yes, that's and was a great like, example. Thank you <laughs> for helping my research. Um <laughs> But no, like when I think of historical romance, like my mind goes straight to like Regency or Victorian yeah. era. But like historical romance is like such a like diverse 
genre. genre. Like, you can do anything. Like, it doesn't have to. It could be, like, 1920s, 1940s, or, like, Vikings. Like, I just feel like there is, like, such a huge thing to it. And, like, I personally have never reached for historical romance, but I definitely feel like right now it's very popular. Like, Bridgerton is super big. like, I feel like really ignited that. Yeah, which is, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that like one author was able to kind of catapult like all these other authors in different like historical romance books. Um well and there is um there is like a whole subterm for it, right? Like it's called corset corset, corset rippers. Bo- bodice, bodice rippers. Bodice rippers, I think. I would mess it up. That's hilarious. Bodice rippers. It is a bodice ripper. Yeah. And there's something nice about like that kind of read in that it's just fun. Mm-hmm. I just always think it's really funny because some of them really don't take the research part very seriously. No. Which is like fun. Like I, I feel like when you're reading a romance, like it's, f- I like the little nuances of the history, like the little like, hey, like sneaking little glances at each other or sneaking around like that, like make yeah. this tension like so much like better and stronger, even though you're like. Like, nowadays, like, that'd be super lame, but, like, because they're, like, taking that little part of history, it's what makes it, like, that much more, like, intense and better. And, like, the glances, Mm -hmm. because nowadays, it's, like, you can look at a person that you're attracted to and not, like, people won't look at you, like, what are you doing? You can touch their hand and it's not a scandal. Yeah, it's not, like, a huge (laughs) scandal, whereas, like, in these historical romances, you're just, like, I personally don't know a lot about this history but i well it's, it's probably the very famous like pride and prejudice scene where he like clenches his fist after he touches her hand and then like he like almost wants to shake yeah. it off and it's such a small moment but you can reread that pat like not reread but you can re-watch that section of that mm-hmm. movie and be like oh my god like it does yeah. something and i do love that i think some of them you have to go and and with a lot of suspension of disbelief. Oh, for right? sure. Like, you just have to, like, accept that they're going to get some stuff wrong and it's okay because that's not the point mm-hmm. is to be, like, historically... With some of them is not to be historically accurate. Others do, like, more research and, oh, like, for definitely sure. try to make it really accurate. Yeah. I also really love the, like... You know, it just creates, like, a very enemies-to-lovers feel when it's, like, cross-classes or, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, like, super improper or that kind of feel yeah. like very very season one of Bridgerton too where there's yeah. like you know the scene where they sneak off to the garden and it's like <gasps> like this is so if someone finds out well and then we all know what happens with that they're like dueling to the death and it's, it's yeah. a whole thing but yeah which I is like <laughs> also hilarious just side note because it's such a pathetic duel oh it's so <laughs> pathetic but it's like it's it's intense at the same time and then you have like yeah and I agree and I I like I do like that aspect of a lot of the historical fiction. And that's usually why I reach out for it because I'm like a little bit with the contemporary fiction. I feel you get a little bit exhausted with all the like because it moves so fast. And it's almost like I love like I don't love like I don't always love a slow burn. I think it has to be done right. But when it's done right, I'm a big fan of the slow burn. And like I think you get more of that naturally with with historical. Yeah. And like. I find, too, with contemporary romance and stuff like that, it's just, like, it ages really quickly, whereas a historical romance, like, whether or not it's true or false what they're writing, it's it's still enjoyable to go back to no matter, like, how many years 
yeah away you are from that time period um i i think personally that like one of the reasons that historical romance is like blowing up so much too is like the the change of the covers from Fabio with the flowing hair. Fabio. <laughs> Fabio, oh my God. Right? Like, that's like, I think, 80s. I don't even know. Well, yeah, and I think that this goes for historical and contemporary romance, just romance in gen- general. Mm-hmm. But, like, specifically with those two genres almost you do have that like change of marketing almost yeah and this is a complicated conversation by the way because i watched a lot of tiktoks about this about people who actually work in the industry and how much of this is actually coming from an unwillingness of publishers to pay photographers and models Models, and stuff and so part of me like i i kind of like what thought whatever of it and now i look at it a little bit more critically but yeah whatever your opinion on it what you you have to admit it it has revitalized it's rejuvenated it yes in the sense that creating all these like um little graphics instead um for with like just um like figurines or like cartoonish characters has really made it feel modern and so it doesn't feel like the you know you know harlequin (laughs) romance that like my great grandmother Mm -hmm. was reading Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel it feels a little bit more accessible for a lot of people because you don't have a half-naked man on the cover. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, my eye is drawn to that section more now because of the bright colors. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't feel, like, not embarrassed, but I feel like if I'm looking in that section and I am just, like, staring at these photos that I'm like, like, this book could be a totally normal romance novel, but everyone's going to be like, is that erotica or is that this? Like, yeah. I'm watching you. Like, and I, mean, no. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of this is like I I do wish I didn't care. Yeah, like I oh, wish same. I wish yeah. I was that person because I I watched this one girl on TikTok and she was like, I don't care. Like, I'll go in and buy the shirtless guy. Like, you can't make me feel bad about it. And I'm like, I want your confidence so mm-hmm. badly. And no one and, really cares. It's just and like nobody cares. it's in our like, head. I'm just saying, like, like we feel the judgment. I think more than we're getting the judgment. Like, because mm-hmm. I. I've never really looked at somebody who was in that section and been like, I'm better than that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've like, never done that. Like, you're not going to think that. <laughs> so, like, why do I think other people are thinking that about me if I'm going in there? But it does, it feels more, and I think at the base of it, even, it just feels fresh. Yeah. And it feels new. And so, I mean, I, I don't love the idea that, like, they're less willing to pay certain people. Like, I hate yeah, that it might be coming like from that. that idea. Yeah. But I do love... Even you're talking about, like, the change of colors. Like, it's less about the, like, shirtless men on the cover and more about, like, you know, even something a little bit more subtle. I know Katie Robert mm-hmm. also is kind of one that I like the covers of because they're more, like, with her neon gods. It was more like a picture of a, like, an, it had a little bit of neon lighting yeah. behind a chair, I think. Yeah. And, and you, I, I'm more, like, I'd be fine with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, and I also think I get more out of the cover of what the story's about now than, like, just having... A shirtless dude. Yeah, like I, it, that could be about anything. Like it doesn't make me want to pick it up and read the back to see what it's about because then my brain is just thinking like it's all the same, like it's all the same story. Yeah. Which it's not, but it's just like if I see like like the one book I read, they were on a road trip and it was very obvious because it was them in front of like a, a camper car. van yeah, or whatever. Camper van, yeah. yeah, and I was just like that 
you know, like I want to read that. Like that. Yeah, well, the interesting. Spanish love deception is. I'm just gonna pull it up really quick here. Um, yeah. So it's like a Spanish girl in like a very bright dress, and then a guy in like a tuxedo who looks like he's probably a grumpy man, and like you get yeah. a certain vibe from it. And there's like luggage on the front, and there's a plane. But even just the colors are really cool. Like in the kiss quotient, same thing. It's like the same vibe. It's two people kissing. She's like very dressed up in like very professional work clothes, mm-hmm. like A-line skirt and everything. And he's like in jeans and in a, in a, like a loose shirt. And so you get the vibe a lot differently. Yeah. Whereas like Devil in Winter is just a woman looking out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, even that didn't really help me. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as, yeah, it's like, and I, I've admitted this before. I definitely judge books by its cover. And I, yeah, like to me, that's not like interesting to see that. Like the col- the bright colors and yeah, the I movement totally and everything on the cover is what draws my attention to it. Yeah, I will say, yeah, I do think it's it's the surprising part about this is really the like crazy like influx yeah. of, of people picking up what is essentially a Harlequin romances and not thinking of them in that way. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Like I that actually really nice. do love it. Yeah. Um, what about a genre you wish got more attention? I personally would love to see more like modern gothic horror books oh you know what i should have thought you were gonna say that i should have thought <laughs> you were gonna say that i feel like i like it's not my thing yeah but you're kind of right i, I feel like that's definitely not it's not popular right now it's not sure. very popular right now and like after reading dracula i'm like i would love to see this more modernized i would love to see it even in like a gothic romance vibe like i have read anatomy a love story which was gothic but again like that was more romancy young adultish mm-hmm. and and i'm not maybe there is some good gothic horror out there but nothing is like you know coming up on my socials or anything that it's like yeah, it's easily not trendy right now. yeah it's not trendy it's not easily accessible i personally think it's really fun to read about mm-hmm. um but yeah what about you um so you actually gave me one <laughs> So I have a different one in mind, and I'll say that one too. But you came in and you were like, I bet you're going to talk about steampunk. And I was like, that is a better answer. <laughs> what was your other answer? So my other answer, and I do want to talk about this one a little bit too, is uh, fantasy, when fantasy and sci-fi meet worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the book I'm thinking of in particular is when I read Light from Uncommon Stars by Raika Aoki. And... I love that this book unabashedly bridged fantasy and sci-fi. So the fantasy aspect is that one of the main characters has sold her soul to the devil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, fun, yep, fresh. Love, love that. it. And there's aliens running a donut shop. Yeah. So we got a very sci-fi vibe. Mm-hmm. They have a ship. Mm-hmm. They have like sci-fi technology. It's fantastic. I I love that type of book so much because I really think one of the reasons I don't always love sci-fi is the over explanation of why it's working Mm -hmm. and when you throw fantasy into the mix it really feels more like life because like okay I think to the the average person we somewhat understand how a lot of technology works but we don't know all the details yeah like I can understand that like technically computers run on ones and zeros, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. 
And essentially, they're just interfacing those ones and zeros Mm -hmm. and creating things out of them. But I don't understand all the details behind that, right? Yeah. It's the same with like... But like, and I know there's some people who are going to be like not relating to that because they're more scientifically minded. And that's fine. You do you. But I think that bridging a little bit of the magic feel with the sci-fi feels more like how I experience life. Like a little bit of technology feels magic. Yeah. It's not. I'm very aware of that. I'm not saying it is, but it feels like that. So when you pull them together, I just, I I eat it. Because I love the idea that they could exist in the same world i love yeah i like that too when it's like a fantasy like this is so simple but like i think game earth or sorry throne of glass did this maybe not you could correct me if i'm wrong but it was like fantasy but then they still had like electricity and i'm like i like that <laughs> like i, I don't think know. that was more like um i want to say that was more like akatar maybe maybe that's it it was just yeah. like i liked that it was fantasy but then you still had like the technology aspects or like um crescent city yeah where it was like oh you have like this really cool cell phone thing or like you can do all this yeah i don't know like Normal that you, stuff like you're definitely doing like more of the sci-fi like high tech stuff but like to me i'm like i feel like i would like that too just based on what I've read yeah with like the basic I, stuff I think some books get close to this recently and they are popular ones like I think Iron Widow has a feel of it because there is like but it's technically still just sci-fi mm-hmm. and there's other books that also come close to it but they are technically just sci-fi it's just they're not writing it in the like standard sci-fi way right and I just really love when they when they just unabashedly bridge them together. So like one I'm hoping will do that. And I know we have it on our list for our book club is In the Lives of Puppets, mm-hmm. which is listed as both fantasy and sci-fi. So I'm hopeful. That would be sweet. But I do. I really wish this was like a genre that got like a lot more attention because I would love more books in it. Yeah. What I will say, when you said steampunk, I was like, I I feel like I've almost given up on it. Like, and yeah. maybe I shouldn't. And part of this is probably me not actively searching out these books as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But I feel like steampunk just, it almost had a, like a little bit of a surgence in the 2010s-ish, late, you know, 2000s there. But like, it hasn't come up in a way where there's just so many options to read about like it kind of got hinted at and then disappeared and i know one of the bigger series is from cassandra clare which i'm not going to talk about why i'm not going to (laughs) like go into that one (laughs) but i mean maybe i should maybe i would really like it like maybe that's a thing but i i I can't trust her in that way and i'm gonna leave it at that Uh, feel free to answer questions on that on the discord channel (laughs) if you want to quiz me about why i don't love it i just don't want to waste another podcast explaining that um not waste but you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. so yeah i do wish steampunk was a little bit more prevalent i also feel like steampunk when it's done right it just feels so so otherworldly even though it's like based on our world and i just i just love it and because there's not and maybe this is like a good thing of why it's not popular like super popular because like when i do find a good one it's so fresh yeah and maybe if it was popular i wouldn't have that feeling anymore but i do wish i could find more easier like i wish i didn't have to like well and i wonder if it's like i mean i am not a writer by any means but i feel like steampunk would be hard to write well, that's how and I describe. Feel yeah, so like I am the so, writer esque. I yeah. think that's why I like it too because I don't really have a desire to write it. Yeah. And like every once in a while I'm like, I'll read a book and I'll be like, I hated this and I bet you I could 
if you did it this way. And I start to feel like I could write that book. But I read a steampunk one. I'm like, that was just so enjoyable. And maybe that's part of it is I don't have a desire to write it. So yeah. I just like my brain just activates in a different reading way. It. Yeah, for what it is. And like, yeah, no, I personally would read more steampunk if that was like readily ab- available. And yeah. like, you know, that's- I, I do admit, like maybe I need to actively search it out a little bit more because I love it when I yeah. find it, but I don't actively go out of my way for it. But it's also like, again, not getting that attention. And that's yeah. why we want to see it more yeah. because it's true. there could be amazing books out there. They're just not getting the rep they deserve. Okay, so I do have one more for like, I'm kind of surprised it's getting as much attention and love as it is. It's a good thing. But I've noticed recently that a lot of the fantasy books have becoming based off of, um, I'm going to generalize a little bit, but like more Asian mythology, specifically Chinese. Mm, I've seen a lot. Yes, yes. Um, But there's a couple that are outside of that. Um, And so I love this. Mm-hmm. Because I I think in especially as somebody who grew up in Canada and is less familiar with that mythology, it feels very fun to read and very fresh and new and exciting. And I do really love learning a little bit about like what they're based off of. But I also because it does mean now when I go to find books, I have more of a range. And that's yeah. what I want at the end of the day. Like I want to see all this diversity because it means I'm more likely to keep reading more and I'm not going to get as sick of the stories because you're not going to see the same things just happening over and over and over again. No, no, I definitely agree with you on that for sure. Like I love seeing all these Asian authors like getting the attention they deserve. Like they're incredible stories. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like growing up in Canada, like you don't, we don't learn a lot about that. We learn a little bit about the history, but I find that reading these books, it kind of gives you that like, yeah, like you, you get to learn a little bit about it Mm -hmm. and then it gives you that interest into it. So if you want to research more then you totally can. And you have a place to start, right? Yeah. And I think that's really nice to just see in general, like in YA and anything. Yeah. I, yeah, I've, I'm like thoroughly enjoying it. And I, I, the only reason I'm even like, it's like really noticeable for me as a trend is like the book boxes I've been getting have, have been a lot of them. And mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Like, I love it. It's just, I don't think 10 years ago that would have been no. happening. And I think that's awesome. So yeah. I'm really happy that that one, like that is more prevalent now. Um, And it's opening, I think, doors to like, non-european based fantasy which is awesome especially like i'm talking specifically in canada obviously yeah Yeah, because that's where we know what the trends are yeah that's what we're (laughs) exposed to yeah um i have one that is i'm surprised that it's coming back as popular so vampires yeah i so vampires was one i was like yeah i wanted to talk about i yeah. Yeah, because like obviously Twilight like was a huge one and there's there was, like such a surgeant like, around Twilight. Yeah. And like Vampire Academy, like there was like a bunch of really well-known like series that I yeah. think came out. Vampire Diaries. And like TV shows, yeah. movies, like there was a ton. It was all vampires all the time for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and then it was just gone. Like I don't know if everyone it, got sick of it. Yeah, everyone got sick of it. Publishers well, and then were it went like, into no. dystopian. I feel like that was yeah. it. Yeah. So and which is fair. Like things go in waves, but I really find and I personally love it cuz vampires are i don't know i just love vampires like they're fun to read about and i like everyone's interpretation of a vampire like can always be a little bit different Mm -hmm. um and so like for instance 
I read The Beautiful by Renee Adier, and that one was like a vampire New Orleans vibe. Um, I read From Blood and Ash, which is kind of like a spoilers, I guess. Sorry to people who want to read From Blood and Ash. But there's like, I was surprised that they brought vampires into that. Um, There's a couple other books from authors that I follow that are vampire based. And I think it's just coming back. And I I, I love it. I, I do love the way it's coming back. Yeah. I think because I love that it's not because I think the problem with the like early 2000 or late 2000s, early 2010s surgeons of the vampire genre was very the same. Yeah, because it was like the Twilight was the the blueprint, right? So the vampires were almost always being looked at in a different light and it just started to feel old really fast. Whereas now when I pick it up and I'm like, oh, there's like a vampire character. Yeah. I don't really know what light it's going to be sh- like shown in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be either like maybe it is vampires are a little bit like more demonic, more as we see in like Dracula, like yeah. the less, um, you know, um, friendly version. Or maybe we're going to get like an almost Edward Cullen-esque one, better written, but Edward Cullen-esque. Yeah. And so I don't always know, like, whereas in that era, it was like vampire, oh, it's going to be a love story. Like, it was like, that was it. Yeah. And it was very, like, I feel like a lot of authors who are trying to, like, write a vampire story were just going to be compared to Twilight. Yeah. No matter what. They couldn't really get away from it. Yeah. No matter how they made the vampire seem. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. I think that that's. I love to see it. Yeah. I'm excited to, you know. What comes out of it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to mention one and I, 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 this is one I'm surprised. It's not really a subgenre. It's a, it's an author. I'm not going to talk about it a lot because I think you're already knowing who I'm going to say. I don't like it. I think this trend needs to end whenever everyone's obsession with her ends. I yeah. think it's better. Colleen Hoover. That one's really surprising to me. I cannot wrap my brain around. I can. I know they're easy <laughs> reads. And they're so fast and so digestible that there is something nice about just reading them. Like, yeah. it's just like almost addictive. But I just, they're not great. Mm-hmm. And they're not even, like, some of them aren't even good. Like, some of them are bad. Like, yeah, almost objectively bad to me. And I just, I, like, most of the time when I don't like a book, I'm like, okay, there's someone out here who loves it. And I can understand why, you know, that's happening. But I just, like... I, I'm like, I understand maybe what elements they're liking, but you can find them in so many other books that are so much better. Yeah. That I really don't understand the obsession. Yeah. So that's my take. I know that's, if you want to yell at me about that, that's okay. Join Not me. Well, be Not gentle me. about it. On um, the Discord, go and yell at Marissa <laughs> if you didn't gently, like. Gently, gently. <laughs> be gentle. Um, or maybe maybe I'm missing something because I I as someone who's never read Colleen Hoover books, I don't see the appeal personally. Yeah. I think Verity was the only one that's caught my attention kind of based on the premise and like things that you've said and people I know have said. But yeah. other than that, like I just find it absolutely wild that an author who's been around for a long time and has all these books out for many years has just blows up out of nowhere. And yeah, it, like, book talk o- really overshadows sh- other authors, too. Like, I just, yeah. it's just crazy. And I just think, and I think one of my issues with it is I like reading, I do like reading romance, so that's not my issue. It's just, I, I, I honestly don't like the way she blends 
romance with serious subjects mm-hmm. because it makes them less and it it's like it's almost dangerous yeah. the way it's happening and like we can say like it feels like the twilight thing where you're like oh my god this is not a healthy relationship mm-hmm. but at least you could be like well he's a vampire like this is very fantasy based yeah and i feel like when you're based more in reality and you're actively having young girls consume your novels you you have like i feel like there's a little bit more of a responsibility there yeah. to be like hey maybe we need to talk about this in more serious capacity because it seems to be illustrating really really bad examples for what they can expect out of love yeah yeah i agree all right well that's my rant about colleen hoover we we get one once every once in a while yeah we wouldn't be the book jar pod if it wasn't for Marissa's yeah. coho rants. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, apparently, I'm known for ranting about Cassandra Clare and Colleen Hoover. I will say, in comparison, read Cassandra Clare, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only comparison you can make to me that I'll say Cassandra Clare wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um,. Is that, do you have anything else? I didn't have anything else. Did you have anything else? I don't, but I I have a prediction to make. Oh. Okay. So, and this is without no research and not being prepared at all, but I predict that the next genre type situation is going to be fourth wing-esque, which I think is about dragons. And I think dragons are going to blow up. That's my prediction. Well, we're kind of seeing that almost with Priory taking off. Yes. And now Fourth Wing. And I think you could be right of like... I feel like Fourth Wing is more accessible than Priory though. And I think that yeah. Fourth Wing is definitely going to like set things off. And I'm saying right. this as someone who's never read it. Right, so well, I should read it. So <laughs> we'll come back in a year. Yep. And we'll see what happens. Let's remember this time and place. And Megan's either going to be wrong <laughs> or right. So we'll find out in a year. I don't know. Sometimes I'm pretty good about these. Yeah, you. I'm not saying you're wrong. No, I think you might be right. We'll see. I, could I don't be know in... if I'd put money on it, but I know. Let's could... not bet on it. Let's, let's not just for it. funsies. Funsies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have some news. Uh, you're not going to be in the next couple podcasts. No. Um. So I, I, you know what? We didn't prep this. So we're just going to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to say it and I'm going to leave this part in. Yes. Do you want to draw a topic for the next time you're back or do you want to leave it? I think we should leave it. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll let people okay. know. It might be a surprise. Well, I will say we've already recorded it and this is breaking a little bit of our, you know, fourth wall a bit, but, um, you know, me and, uh, Alex. So Alex will be on for the next three podcasts. Um, because Megan is getting married. So that's very fun for her. I hope that's Yay. okay that I said that. Marriage. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the quote and so I'm gonna stop. I, what is the quote? Marriage. The, the Princess Bride. Let's look it up. Marriage <laughs> is what brings us together today. <laughs> zero, like not zero. Um, four out of 10 on the accent. You started off strong. I know. And then you gave up. And love. True love will follow you forever. And love. Twish. I'm not very good at love. <laughs> All right. This this is unhinged. We can't do this. Anyways, yes. I have important things coming up. So I, yeah. I will be yeah. unavailable. For, to ease the stress of the <laughs> upcoming wedding, uh, yeah. we decided that maybe the podcast could 
you know, Al- and Alex loves being on it. So yeah, exactly. It'll so be great to have her on. Next so. three episodes, I'll be with Alex. We're going to be talking about our literary brags in the next one. Love it. And uh, yeah, I I had a lot of fun recording it. So I hope you have a lot of fun listening to it. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Do you, I'm going to wrap it up, but do you have anything you want to talk about your upcoming reads for? Because we're not going to be seeing you for oh, like over yeah. a month. I mean, kind of. Um, I mean, I only have one right now, Angel Mage. That's not true. You have two. Two? No, actually, I don't know if you're going to read this, but our next book club <laughs> book is The Da Vinci yes. Code. So I, here's the thing. I was going <laughs> to listen to it on audiobook. Okay. And I was like, oh, Spotify has audiobooks. Turns out that one's not free. Mm. And my library card's expired. And it's just, a, it's a bigger process for me to get the audiobook than I wanted it to. And, you know, if I get my stuff together in time, I will listen to it. Okay. I don't want to read it. I just think my mind is not prepared to read it. Yeah. It's willing to listen to it's it. It's willing to listen. So, Anyways, that's going to determine if I finish yeah, it in so, time or I not. I mean, that's, that's fair. We we kind of knew you were an iffy person yes. for this next book club anyway. Um, so what are you actually reading? So what I'm actually reading, which I'm super excited about, is Angel Mage by my good pal Garth Nix. <gasps> yeah, I'm back in the Garth Nix game. Is this new or is this something I 20, missed? I think it came out in 2017. Okay. So it is newer. I think it's just a standalone. Okay. Um. So far, it's kind of interesting. He, it's kind of like musketeery vibe. Like, okay. That's kind of what he said it was like dedicated to a little bit. Um. Talking about, you know, like names and things that are hard to pronounce. Um. Angel names are hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that in this book. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's really fun. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. I love that for you. I am reading right now. I'm reading the... Oh, God. What am I reading? <laughs> You've read so many books that you just don't okay, know what it's, it's just... called anymore. Oh, uh, so so I am reading Strike the Zither by Joan oh, He. Oh, yes. Not in love with the pacing. Okay. Is real fast. And yeah. I, 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 I feel... I feel like... Okay, I, I haven't finished it, so like this might change, but I feel a little bit gaslit right now by mm-hmm. her because I'm like, you, I feel like you're not explaining the time like that it's taking between stuff properly. Yeah. And I feel like you're like, oh, this, like this relationship has progressed to a certain point and I haven't seen it. And so I just, I feel a little bit like left behind. Yes. Like the story is happening somewhere I'm not. And that's a really yes. weird feeling. Do you have her on Instagram? Do you f- follow her? No. So, I do, actually. I think I do, I do but okay. I don't know if I've seen... If you, like, keep up with her stories yeah. and stuff. So she... So that's, like, based on this, like, really intense, like, Chinese anthology of books. Like... Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's a, it's a reimagining. Yeah. But it's, like, just, like, her describing how difficult it was to go from, like, 800 pages or thousands of page books to like condense it into this little thing i it's just like i can't imagine like i'm not surprised that the pacing is fast because i feel like so like the disappointing thing to me and maybe this is just because i've recently read brandon sanderson's like Mm. 1200 page you know the way of kings and and i'm in the stormlight archive series but i just i'm just disappointed i think that it's not more in depth like i would have sat through the thousand pages if she had rewritten it that way 
and I would have been okay with it. Which is unfortunate because I bet you she, well, maybe she doesn't want to write that much, but if she But I don't know, like, and I, maybe that's not a her thing. Maybe that's an editor or publisher thing. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily her fault. It's just right now the pacing feels like super quick to the point where I'm like, I don't, I feel like I'm supposed to care about this a little bit more than I do. And I feel like this isn't supposed to be like unexpected. Like it's just happening. Everything's happening really fast. And I think it is, I want to say a trilogy. I think there's going to be more books. Yeah, there are going to be more, which is also surprising why I I feel like the pacing is so fast. Because I'm like, if there's already more, I just... Yeah, I just feel a little bit disappointed in the pacing. However, the story and the character are super cool. Yeah. And the like I just I just wish it was paced better because I actually want more of it. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of where I'm at with it, but I don't know, it might all yeah, wrap up together in the see. end. I'm interested to see what you're going to say about it when you're done it. Yeah, because I might feel very differently and be like, wow, I was so wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And that's totally fair because I feel like I have faith that it's going to work out. So just right now, about halfway through, I'm I'm like pacing is a problem. But I I might not feel that way in another 150 pages. That's true. Well, we'll guess we'll find out. We'll find out. All right. So that's pretty much it for for today. So if you liked what you were listening to, please, as we've said about seven times, go join us on our Discord server. Yes. A link to that can be found in the description of this podcast. And uh, we take questions for our book drawer from there. We also have a book club that you can join or not join that's in that Discord server as well. So check us out there. And we also have an Instagram account. We are at the book drawer pod where we post random things and updates about what we're reading and what pretty books we have on our shelves and all that good stuff. So definitely, definitely check us out there. Otherwise, thanks again for listening. And as always, keep on reading on. Boom. Reading on. Thank you for holding back the banjo. No. Have to add it in there you somewhere. You can't. It's so tempting. I can't help it. Just do it because we're not going to hear it for like a month. Keep on reading on. <laughs> so I will say, I just recorded one with Alex and I. I, I said at the end, I was like, keep on reading on. And I was like, this is where Megan usually plays the banjo. And the look of absolute <laughs> fear on her face. So you're saying she didn't play the banjo? <laughs> she was like, please don't make me play the banjo, the fake banjo right now. I am disappointed, Alex. This is a banjo podcast. I, at you the know end. what? This is the funniest thing because this is coming out. This episode's <laughs> coming out before the one that I recorded with her. Yeah. And so I think it's funny. So in like two episodes, you can hear that. But like. Yeah, she, like, the look of absolute fear. She was like, are you going to make me fake play the banjo like Megan does? I mean, she could have did any other instrument, and we could have made a, oh, we could make a song. We all need to be different instruments. Okay, I'm going to let you. And we can DJ it together, and then that will be our new theme song. Fantastic. I look forward to you convincing her to do that. Yeah. Watch out, Alex. (laughs) 